Well, the question is, are you going to be a top-down organization or are you going to be a, a flatter organization? Is it a culture of policies and procedures or is it a culture of responsibility? Mm -hmm. like, policies and procedures are, are, we have a lot of them. They're risk mitigants. We, we do not allow uh, major mistakes. Yeah. We try not to allow minor mistakes. Yeah. But, but that only gets you to the table. That doesn't get you to excellence. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So today we're talking about a topic that's very important to our business, empowered leadership. This idea that we want everyone within an organization to be, within our organization, to be empowered to make good decisions. And it comes from one of our core values, which is extreme ownership. This idea that everything that happens we own it ourselves and we own the outcome of those decisions. And it starts really with our, our hiring process. We, through EOS, uh, Entrepreneur's Operating System, and the book Traction, there's this idea of GWC, which is gets it, wants it, has the capacity. Yeah. And when we're interviewing people, we obviously overlay our core values first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But the very next thing is, does this person get the job? Do they want the job? And do they have the capacity to perform the job? And that second one is uh, what, what I'd like to talk about a little bit for a moment um, is the idea of wants it. Mm. Jim, our VP of operations, had a really inspiring talk recently at one of the departmental level 10 meetings. And he spoke about this idea of wants it. And this idea of, do you, do you have passion when you get up in the morning and you come into work? Is this the thing that you want to be doing? Yeah. And, and a result of that was uh, one of our interns for this summer. He came back the next day and he said, you know, I've, I've really been thinking a lot. I think he felt lot. guilty. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've been thinking a lot about what you said. And I want to I be rock climbing and I want to be a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think and I do too. <laughs> And in some company environments, it could be like, oh, great. Now we got to fill this role and we have to figure out what to do. And oh, great. And Jim, Jim appropriately said, way to go. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Because we want people who are in their role and passionate about it. Right. I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Jim Collins. And he says the number one metric in business is uh, in, in his book, Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0, is are 90% of your people in the right seats? Are, are they the right people? And then are they the right seats? In the right seats. Mm -hmm. The reason this is so important is, he says, history is the study of surprises. Last year, we had a pandemic. We had the 2008 financial crisis. I, whatever we think is about to happen, it's only going to be partially right. So what's most important is not knowing the future, but having the talent density, having the, the group who can make decisions that can, that can get you there. He says, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you're going to have to make decisions along the way that you can't forecast right now. So it's crucial that you have the right people on the bus that can make those right decisions uh, when they get there. And large companies, often as they grow, they, they want to solve or mitigate risk around policy and procedure. Yeah. Because it's this idea of, well, if I make it so that people can't make bad decisions, then yeah. I'm somehow protected. Well, the thing that you miss with that is that policies and procedures are based on history. Yeah. They're based on past things. And 
you know, history is the study of surprises, as you said earlier. So if you're built around policies and procedures, you're built around historical and you're not built around what might happen in the future. Yeah. And if you have people, because then what does that organization create? It creates people that are designed around following a policy or procedure versus people that are designed around making exceptional decisions. Yeah. I was talking to an asset manager in our office earlier this week, and he made a hard decision with a key vendor uh, to and had a talk with them and said, we're, we're going to a different vendor. And it was a very difficult uh, decision. And I had heard him talk about this idea, but I, I he made the call and he did it. And we happened to meet in the parking garage and he was nervous. He, this vendor was an important one and he figured I would hear about it. And he looked me in the eye and I made this call and I said, thank you for your courage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way to know if exactly if you made the right decision or not. That will be borne out in how you react from here and how you lead this property from here. But I was imp- I was delighted that he made that call and that he believed in it and he experienced some blowback for it, but he believed it was the right call and he yeah did what he was supposed to do. So it's great. Yeah, and, and that's not to say that uh, you know, policy and procedure is a bad thing. Quite the opposite. Policy and procedure does allow for repeatable outcomes and and it does it, it is a compelling form of risk mitigation so we certainly as an organization have plenty of policy and procedure and continue to develop that out but if the culture is around policy and procedure versus great decision making that's that's where you you end up inhibiting a company a company's ability to respond to situations and circumstances yeah we often say companies are a reflection of their owners. And if we are a low culture, low courage environment, if we are a disorganized environment, if you and I are not uh, living up to the leadership potential, if we're not pushing the edge of our leadership ability, <laughs> we are not modeling that for the organization. I, mm-hmm. For me, I develop a little bit of a gut level of like the right amount of <laughs> pushing it, but it, too many days in a row, I walk into the office and it feels too easy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing what I should be doing, and that translates down to the team. Yeah, and there, there's we adopt the Netflix idea of a great work environment is stunning colleagues, and you're touching on that a little bit because part of that feeling of, am I giving it my all? Am I, am I working as hard as I can for the outcome that I'm looking for? comes from the pureness of those around us and the exceptional you know, work ethic and decision-making and leadership that the colleagues around us exhibit. And that comes from exceptional challenges. Netflix like reinvented TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I think of uh, Anheuser-Busch, AB InBev, a group out of Brazil owns it. They started out as a very small investment bank and they worked to now owning the largest brewery in the world. And the, uh, the CEO was quoted as saying, in fact, this is back to Jim Collins, but Jim said, what drives you? He said, number one, he talked a lot about culture, but then he said, we have so many talented people in our office that if I don't keep giving them really, really epic challenges, they get bored. Like these people want to do great things. And I yeah. look at the buildings that we're buying and the, yeah. you know, the, the way we're turning buildings around and the geography we're working on. And my goal is that 
we never have a project that's just like a filler project, but each project is like, we are truly convicted around the future of this property, the future mm -hmm. of this opportunity. It's pushing the bounds of our investment strategy by a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're gonna learn something new from this that we're gonna take to the rest of the portfolio. Every, every acquisition we do is a chance to grow and challenge, test other strategies, meet new people in the market that are doing things a little bit differently. And that's been a powerful mindset for the firm. Yeah. And as we, as we grow, keeping the, the culture and the environment that we have becomes increasingly challenging because as you, as you grow to be a larger organization, there's this natural push toward bureaucracy, toward, again, I, I'm using policy and procedure in the negative uh, yeah. sense, and being able to keep that culture live and active is challenging. Well, the question is, are you going to be a top-down organization or are you going to be a, a flatter organization? Is it a culture of policies and procedures or is it a culture of responsibility? Mm -hmm. like, policies and procedures are, are, we have a lot of them. They're risk mitigants. We, we do not allow uh, major mistakes. Yeah. We try not to allow minor mistakes. Yeah. But, but that only gets you to the table. That doesn't get you to excellence. That, that, that won't get yeah. you close to excellence. Excellence comes from responsibility, a sense of ownership, a, a belief in doing your, your very best work. Um, so for, for us, I think that we're more of a coaching style, mm -hmm. which is that um, people are running projects, they're, uh, they're running teams, and especially when, when I'm talking to people, I think, not like, how am I going to tell this person what to do, but I'm going to listen. I'm going to actively listen. And rather than give them advice or say, especially say like, do this or do that, I'm going to say, I'm going to push back. I'm going to coach. I'm going to think, well, what about this? Did you consider that? There what needs to be a... What do you think we should do? Right. You know? I mean, it's our job to be yeah. leaders of this company, but outside of our direct role, our job is to be thoughtful peers, I believe, mm -hmm. of those that are doing the work because when they're solving a problem for a second, we get eye to eye and we say, well, what do you think? What do you think? You know, and we're working with such talented people that it, it feels very pure like in that environment. I, I really enjoy that. Well, and, and everyone is inspired to be leaders in the organization. This mm -hmm. goes back to that, that idea of extreme ownership, no matter what you know, uh, level you are within the company that you lead your role. Right. And that goes back to the gets it once at capacity. If if you don't want it, certainly if you don't get it or you don't have the capacity, but if you don't want it, you yeah. can't get to that level of uh, leadership, that level of excellence. How do you see that three-letter word ego entering yeah. into an organization? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's interesting because we're we're in the real estate world, we're in the investing world, both of which in many ways are characterized by ego and ego is a four letter word <laughs> in our organization. <laughs> and uh, one of our core values is humility. And the reason that's there is because we believe that that is a critical, critical part of being able to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Ego is like self-concept or self-confidence. You cannot, scale big mountains, you can't do the work we're doing without a strong sense of self-concept and self-confidence and mm -hmm. leadership. But of course, this is where we see people go wrong is like they have a few wins. They start to think that they know a lot of things. They don't hold their success loosely. 
they hold it tightly or they put it in their shirt pocket like it's theirs and they own it and then they get smacked and we work to be really careful to hold our self-concept and self-confidence uh, loosely and to spread that through the, the organization because when there's high ego or there's barriers then there's not people won't check you they won't say i don't know they won't yeah. say wait watch out for that they'll be like oh they know or whatever and that's that's where things go wrong so being able to both hold confidence and hold humility together uh, is is essential. Yeah. Any thoughts on scaling and maintaining the culture? How do you how do you take your core values and build them over a larger group? Yeah. So for us, the we've mentioned it many times, but this idea of uh, the traction uh, entrepreneurs operating system is a critical part of what we do. We have quarterly meetings, uh, we have weekly meetings, departmental, and these are structured, efficient uh, meetings. But one of the, the key aspects of them is always circling back to our core values, circling back to talking about certain core values and, and what they mean to us. Yeah. And back to the conversation at the beginning of uh, the, this uh, episode, when Jim, our VP of operations, gave an inspiring talk about gets it once at capacity, it had yeah, unintended results. Yeah. Uh, good unintended results. Every company has core values. If they don't have stated core values, they have implied core values. Yeah. They're, they're modeled core values. It's, it, every company has an operating system, good, good bad, or other. Yeah. <laughs> what I've enjoyed about our, our company is we've been... Uh, intentional, and we've sought to be very intentional over over many years about uh, bringing out the very best in ourselves and in those that work here. We could we could go down a negative road, but instead we identified the positive traits that we want to model in our firm, that we want to celebrate in our firm, and those are are now in the, the DNA of who we are. When Jim often we're talking about Jim a lot today, but he says when I come up the elevator, it's like I leave my ego at the door. It's like I'm coming up to he. He says this in meetings, like I'm coming up to be my best self here. And we all spend eight to 10 hours a day here, you know, many mm -hmm. days a week. Like we want to create an environment where you want to be your best self and where you are celebrated for that. Yeah. And we're up to, I, I believe, 35 employees at this point. And we've been fortunate with each hire to continue to strive for excellence in those roles. And the, the joy in the environment that we, we work in is, is just unparalleled because yeah. walking in the, that idea, again, of stunning colleagues, that idea of everyone being an empowered leader within mm -hmm. their role, it, it makes coming to work every day exciting. I think we operate in an equity system. Uh, so let's talk about that. But with stunning colleagues comes trust, comes a sort of social equity comes a, a corporate equity in that, you know, or to think like a stock market. Every day the stock goes up and down and we all we all have a stock. Like you have a sense of who I am. I have a sense of who you are. We've worked together for we've been friends for 35 years and worked together for almost 20. And yeah. we have a sense of who each other are. And if if uh, if I make a, a bad decision or I'm I come in and have a bad day, stock rises or falls a little bit. And so I often think of our stunning colleagues of the people we work with when they make four or five great decisions in a row, like their equity's pretty high. Like when they walk into the office or I walk into theirs and there's something to talk about, I know that there's gonna be a, 
what they're gonna say is most likely going to be right. It's so, I think we celebrate in our company a, a, a sense of equity that uh, people who make great decisions get to make more decisions. And if you make a few bad decisions, we, we talk about it. And if you make too many, it's, you might need to work somewhere else. It's, uh, it's, it, but there's that sense in the company. Yeah. And I think that ultimately uh, inspires people to, to do very great work. Excellent people are glad to be in decision-making roles and thrilled to be trusted with making excellent decisions. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investor's tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.